Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we're speaking to a good friend of the show. He's been on the show many, many times before, and he has his own podcast as well, which everybody should be listening to, and that is Growcast. And this is the leader of the Order of Cultivation, Jordan River himself. So Jordan comes back, and we always have a good time with Jordan. We just chat some shit, we talk about growing, we talk about movies, talk about games, talk about all sorts of things. It's a good, friendly session with a good friend of the show. So roll yourself a couple of fat ones, build your bowls, consume your cannabis in any way which you prefer, and enjoy this interview with our friend Jordan River. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. How we doing, folks? Yes. Oh my gosh! Look at this now. Every time we see you, bro, the bio <laughs> the biodome has evolved. <laughs> That's true. There's always Evolution. a new toy in here, man. What's going on, guys? Yeah, it's Not good, much. bro. It's good. How about you? What's, what's been going on? I, I know you've been busy. Let's, uh, oh, yeah, let's man, catch I up just... on some shit, man. Well, I had the wrong time scheduled for today. Totally my oh, fault. Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 you... no, no, no. It's cool, man. You... Don't worry. Don't mention it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You always have the like uh, link ahead of time and everything ahead of time, but for some reason I had the wrong time today, so I was running around, taking care of some stuff, but I uh, made it in the studio. Always got time for high on homegrown, my friend. Yes, man. Thanks for joining us, bro. You've been on the show so many times now. You're like an honorary panel member. It pops in now and again. Oh, thank Very you, Very cool. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm honored. Oh, no, we are honored, bro. We are honored. You, you know, you are Jordan <laughs> River from Growcast, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> How have you guys been? What's been going on? Yeah, same old shit, really, mate. I mean, just that we're all just angry all the time because we live in illegal <laughs> places still. Yeah. But, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. The monkey's here as well. You want to say hi, monkey? I'm right here, Jordan. I mean, yeah. Yo, I mean, what's up, man? I, I'm nothing much, man. I don't mind staying quiet in the background if the conversation's going, Mackie. You know how I am. <laughs> I'll lurk if, if that's the case, you know? So what's yeah. going on, Jordan? Uh, I wanted to ask you, you still moving to Hawaii after the fire and stuff? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It was wild down there. Really, really sad. But um, my family is uh, my family's all on Molokai. So they're, those uh, two islands are close to each other, but it's totally separate islands. Um, yeah. My heart goes out to everybody affected out there, man. It's just wild. Yeah. Super sad. Uh, losing yeah. Lahaina. But, um, you know, they're rebuilding out there. And I want to get out there and help. Uh, I just saw in my family thread that they're all like getting supplies together and sending stuff over. And it really made me want to be out there with nice. them. But um, yeah, we're heading out in December. We'll be out in mm -hmm. Hawaii and I'm going to spend an extended period of time out there. Um, and we got some fun stuff planned, man. Really nice. fun stuff planned for Hawaii. And then I'm coming back to the Midwest in spring of 2024. Going to settle down in Michigan, I think. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. Oh, wow! Because the last time I spoke, I think you were saying you were going to head back to Hawaii for a while. Yeah, yeah, we were going to do like six months out there. I think we'll probably do mm -hmm. a little bit shorter than that. But my parents want me to. My parents want us out there. You know, they love mm -hmm. when we come to visit. So they're like, "Come yeah. and stay." And uh, yeah, I love my parents to death. And uh, we have a caregiver out there who's a Ooh. team member of Growcast. So we're going to be doing nice. a little bit of a Hawaiian pheno hunt with Rizo Rich Genetics. Right, I'm I really did see you post something on social network recently about that. Yeah, man, I'm super excited. We're gonna do. We could do up to like 90. I think the total plant count is. I'm just gonna start with like 50. I think I'm gonna do a 50 plant 
uh, seed co-plant pheno hunt. And I'm really, really excited about what that's going to be like growing outdoors in the Hawaiian sun. Yeah, man. That's going to be so fucking cool. And the volcanic yeah. soil in Hawaii, man, that's going to be awesome working with that. Mm-mm-mm. Absolutely. Well, I want a garden. I want to get a big garden going on out there. For the pheno hunt, I might do containers, but um, my parents have a little farm going in a, in a food forest, a fruit tree forest. So mm-hmm. they're regenerating the land out there and mulching and adding worms and compost teas and all this fun stuff. It's really cool. Super, yeah, super excited for that trip. So stay tuned for the Seed Co. Fino hunt, man. Fino hunting is like, uh, it's kind of like what this whole thing is about. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the whole, the whole growing game kind of revolves around like the botany of desire and like finding the plant that speaks to you. Hunting for the best. Those, hunting for the best and what you think is the best because your yeah. palate's going to be different than mine or the next guy's. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm excited to engage in this, uh, in this thing that I've talked to so many guests about, which is going through the genetic um, possibilities and selecting for my favorites. It's going to be fun. Nice. Cool. Have you done pheno hunts and things like that before? Never at a scale like this. Like I certainly pop seeds and I just hunted out that chocolate chip cookies and selected the winner from there. So nice, but I've never done like um, what's going to probably be just a few, a few different strains and a total of 50 right. plants. So this is by far the most in-depth where I'm, where I'm purposefully looking to cull things out mm-hmm. and select, select the winner. Uh, That's where it becomes I, a problem, man. For, for me, yeah. it's like, I would have difficulty killing the poor plants. You know, it's like, I'm sorry you didn't make it, man. You just wasn't yeah. strong enough. <laughs> you have to kill all these little fucking plants. It's like, nah. That's hard work. That's emotionally draining to do such a thing. <laughs> You're right. Emotionally draining. <laughs> That's true, man. Um, but, you know, it depends on what goals you have in mind as a grower, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of the breeders that I talk to are like, I want a strain that checks all the boxes, meaning it's got to have the flavor that I want, the aroma I want. It's got to have the trichome coverage I want, the structure I want, the vigor I want, all that stuff. Now, if that's the case you better be ready to kill some plants because you should be culling from very, very early. You know, like if this plant doesn't have the vigor, it's not going to check all the boxes, kill it. Mm -hmm. But if you're hunting, for instance, for like a rare aroma profile, you might not want to necessarily be selecting on vigor in the first two weeks, because what if that- Two weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Sorry, that's just something we do, bro. It's uh, whenever anybody says two weeks, you know, total recall, Varney, back in the day. <laughs> and you got the robot freaking out. The two weeks. I don't remember this. How scene. long are you staying on Mars for? Or how long do you plan to stay on Mars? It's like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> two, two weeks. Yeah. Weeks. And then it keeps it, the head breaks, keeps on repeating it. <laughs> Come on, you know oh, this yeah, scene, right. Jordan. You know it, man. I remember you, uh I remember the repeating scene where he's like, get your ass to Mars. Like oh, yeah. over get your ass over. to Mars. <laughs> like that's I don't remember <laughs> the two weeks. I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Yo, I love Total Recall. That was yeah. uh that was like a, one of the top of my list for like bad Schwarzenegger movies that I just love. I had like a bootlegged mm-hmm. had a bootlegged DVD of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and it was like mm-hmm. Red Heat and like uh, Junior and Total Recall. So totally I got, I got really cool, man. that one flew over my head, dude. That one. Flew yeah. Over my it, head. It's random, mate. You know, not many people would catch it. Don't worry about it. He <laughs> <laughs> just sit there. He's like, what is this out in two weeks for? I'm, weeks. Uh, I'm ashamed because I'm a total recall fan. 
Yeah, that's, um, I thought you would have got it. I thought you would because <laughs> anytime you come on the show, we end up speaking about TV shows. That's how we oh, roll. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, we got but to still, absolutely. We're, we're talking about plants right now, so yeah, um, calling plants every two weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was saying, uh, you know, in the first three weeks, let's say. <laughs> yeah, they're good plan. Good plan. In the first fourteen days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, oh no, what was I saying? What I was saying was, if you're hunting for a specific, uh, like aroma profile, for instance. You don't want to necessarily just be killing those non-vigorous plants in the beginning stages because what if one of those one of those runts is holding I mean figuratively one of the runts is holding the uh the terp profile that you want. So it all depends on like what your goals are more than anything else. And and I recommend people get clear on their goals before they start breeding, before they start mm-hmm. pheno hunting, even before they start growing. It's good to be clear on your goals. Mm-hmm. So is it, and it's always good to have goals that are easily achievable as well, isn't it? It makes you feel good to achieve them. <laughs> Get but your yeah. ass to Mars, dude. You don't want to go. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go like growing on Mars because it's not, it's just not going to happen. Well, maybe it will happen. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I've re- it's been a long time since I watched Total Recall, man, and it, it's like I still don't know if he was dreaming or not. You know, <laughs> was it an implanted memory or was it his real life? I, so I need to go back and watch it now. I'm older and I feel wiser, whether I am or not. Is a different Always story. the conspiracy theorist, there, Mackie. You know, you gotta yeah. go against the grain. Gotta go back. You're, yeah, always the fine. young contrarian. You know. <laughs> finally, finally wise enough to understand total recall fully yeah yeah <laughs> the nuances of total recall he's definitely definitely dreaming yeah but, but the question is have you seen red heat red uh, i'm heat. not sure i'm not sure what is that no, no, no. come on get out of here i mentioned it i hope chad i hope someone the, the arnie the film fuck i'm talking about yeah you're on your own here bro 98 uh let's see can i do this i can't share my screen but i'm looking at it it's 1998 sorry 1988's red heat where arnold schwarzenegger is a russian police officer who's sent to new york and has to um has a wacky partner with belushi yeah i'm looking at it on imdb okay yeah you know you should be out to share now jordan I don't know. Uh, we're looking for movies right now or anything, you know, because writer's strike, there's nothing, no entertainment out there that's new. So maybe, know, right? maybe we'll watch a bad Arnie movie. I had, a, like I said, I had a whole DVD of them. Uh, here, here's the list, right? First of all, the least, the least awful campy one was uh, an apocalypse. <laughs> Look at was the an makeup apo- on him. Fuck yeah, you. bro. <laughs> I told you, bro. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and then yeah. also you, you get him in like uh yeah. <laughs> in like a fucking what is that called again? The the fucking uh, babushka. What type of hat is that again? Oh yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> that, that's Russian knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um so I had this bootleg DVD, right? You had End of Days, which was an apocalypse movie by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. You had the <laughs> you had the sixth day, which was a clone movie that one's awful watch yeah six oh yeah yeah yeah. Man, i like that one. that one i like that one maybe <laughs> it's just the concept of it but i enjoyed yeah total recall red heat i think junior might have been on there junior's the one where he gets pregnant you got to watch right. that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. danny devito and, and yeah and also there was a movie called red sonia do you know what red yeah. sonia was yeah that one rings a bell yeah. uh, i've seen that it was a, that was schwarzenegger right am i, I crazy 
I'm really sounds familiar though. Let's see. You read Sonya. It's a it's a Conan ripoff, and I thought that Schwarzenegger starred in his own movie's ripoff. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. <laughs> um, it definitely, it, it looks like a Conan ripoff to me, man. <laughs> She's like the, she would be like Xena Prince Warrior or something like that to his Conan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that was my history with Arnold. I love his bad movies. I love bad movies in general. Uh, last yeah. Action what Hero. You remember Last Action Hero? Yeah, I can that was you to me. I'm not real. He's trying to explain <laughs> to this kid. He's like trying to explain to this kid that I can't. Like he's trying to explain the physics of this universe. This yeah. is so good, man. You got to go back and watch all these movies. It's so good, man. You know, just the nostalgia of it. But because the world's changed so much now, uh, when you're watching some of these movies, it's you know, it's like you're watching parts of it. Like, why doesn't he just phone for help? And it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, phones weren't around then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy so how true. quickly the world's changed. Right, these movies, like so many of the plot holes, wouldn't work now simply because we have mobile phones. I saw a meme the other day from of Home Alone, and it's like if Home Alone happened in 2023, and it's Kevin gets out his phone and he texts, "Mom, you left me behind." And you know, <laughs> the movie's over, done. You know, that's it. it goes to the plane. Oh, sorry, I'm on the way back right now. Done. No movie. No movie. It's true, man. It's too true. And that's why we transport ourselves to another time where we're like, oh, it's so nostalgic. The show takes place in the 1980s. Like we eat that shit up because man. our modern world is so <laughs> like, uh, you know, like hard to write a story in and like not believable in its own the, right. The old shit's the best, man. The, you know, I was, uh, it's really hot here in the UK right now, especially at nighttime. So it's difficult for people to sleep. And I suffer with insomnia through summertime anyway. So I'm up for most of the night. And you know when you, you're trying to sleep, but you just know uh, your eyes feel wide awake. There's no way you're going to sleep anytime soon. So you just put something on your phone to watch. And so I put a movie on and I watched the uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers the other day. The 70s uh, movie, man. Now, I've never seen it before, but that was a fucking good movie. I like that one. Fuck yeah, dude. I totally mm -hmm. agree. The modern stuff is shit anyways. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that if people are bored and they don't have, you know, new stuff to watch, go back and watch the old stuff. Hitchcock. I just, mm. I'm, I'm just like so enamored. Get smoke a nice fat doobie and watch uh, the birds or watch uh, stranger oh, yeah. on a train, watch rear window. A lot of, um, a mm -hmm. lot of shows and movies have like either straight up parodied or just kind of taken from the idea of rear mm -hmm. window. That's mm -hmm. a great, great movie to watch stoned. Um, what was the one that you just mentioned? Because it reminded me of another one. Oh, oh, you ready for this? My favorite zombie movie is Night of the Living Dead. Have the you original. seen Night of the Living Dead? The original. Dude, it's so good. The black it's, it's and white, a, yeah. It's a perfect movie. It doesn't They're even feel to like... get you, Barbara. Yes, bro. Yes, it doesn't even feel like it was made in that time period. The ending is so fucked up. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I really, really like no spoilers. Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah yeah no spoilers but i will say here a little bit of a spoiler the ending is fucked up it makes yeah, you think man. no one else was doing that in 1938 or whenever they made that movie like no one was willing to make an ending of a movie like that very very cool i highly the, recommend the it. uh the remake was really good as well because the remake was pretty much the same but it was just in color is that right i don't, I don't yeah, think i've seen was, the remake yeah there's uh it, it um, was in like the 80s it was a long time ago still now the original mm -hmm. was way better than the black and white was. The original, mm -hmm. yeah, they they you know, I think that they complicated it up a little more because they put more into the plot. That when you give more information, your mind has to give less information, mm -hmm. and that's what I mean about they messed it up. I think they 
they went too far with it. I think Jordan's right. The yeah, original, the, the original the is definitely the best. They, they yeah, just yeah. gave you enough information to scare mm-hmm. you, and then you mm-hmm. had to build the rest of it up yourself. And totally. the music, you know, they just don't have that. You know, that fucking music they have, like the dramatic hamster. You know? <laughs> <laughs> With the fucking big organs going on and shit. Man, That's true, yeah. Man. The old TV is so good, man. I don't know. It's just something that makes it magical. I'm a big uh, Star Trek original series fan. That's my favorite Star Trek right. by far for that same reason. It's so campy. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I love that shit. No one will ever be able to, the new stuff doesn't do it for me, man. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it all, if I can ruin modern movies for people, it all looks the same. Do yourself a favor and start, start paying attention to how the movie is edited and start counting the seconds between scene changes. So in modern movies, it'll be like a picture of someone's face talking and maybe two, two and a half and two and a half seconds later, it's going to change. It doesn't even matter if the same character is still talking. It's mm. constantly changing frames. And then when it gets to an action scene, it's literally every three quarters of a second. You're looking at something new. You go watch these old movies. They'll just hang on a shot. Mm-hmm. They'll hang mm-hmm. on a shot for minutes. Yes. And it's just because we've, we've shot our attention span and, and art is so hard to cram into this new, like movie friendly um, bullshit. There's still some good series being made, but I haven't been a fan of, of modern movies for a long time. Very few and far between. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll watch I'll watch Tarantino movies, I'll watch stuff like oh, that. Oh man. Yesterday we ordered pizza and it, it was Domino's fuckers. Just, we had this discussion the other day about pizzas, which one's the best. And my favorite pizza is Pizza Hut Pepperoni, right? Uh-huh. But everybody else in my house prefers Domino's. So when we order pizza, we have to get Domino's. And I don't yeah, want no, Domino's, right. we want Pizza Hut, man. I so can I settle this argument problem. right now if you want. You're correct. Pizza, Thank pizza you. hot pepperoni is better than Domino's mm-hmm. pizza. That's not. It's not saying much to be honest. Domino's pizza is garbage, but mm-hmm. uh, Pizza Hut pizza, Pizza Hut pepperoni pizza is slightly better than Domino's mm-hmm. pizza. So tell your family that I said that it's. I will pizza fucking do it from I here on out. I will fucking do it. No man. <laughs> Finally, some here, backup. <laughs> it all depends where you get it from. Because around here, I think Domino's is better than Pizza Hut, but that's not saying much for Pizza Hut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, no, listen, hey. neither's neither's hey, good pizza, and and you know, I I am also a bit biased because Domino's makes me sick. Look at the ingredients right. list on something in there. I'm not sure what it is. Something in there don't agree with me. So may, <laughs> maybe I am biased. I, maybe your maybe your Pizza Hut's like one of those old nasty Pizza Huts. You ever seen those uh-huh. ones that were yeah. like built built before like America was ratified into a, this, uh, this pizza Hut predates the constitution and you're yeah. like uh I don't think they've cleaned the bathroom since they opened the place you know, still got nicotine by, stuck yeah. to the walls from the 70s you know yes yeah. totally. they haven't thrown the sash trays away yet it's still around that kind of stuff yep is that a smoking yeah. section is that is that legal <laughs> <laughs> we, we ordered uh pizza in we went off a random tangent there because of the type of pizza which I prefer. But yeah, everybody, it was Domino's, not Pizza Hut, the best. But uh, and then we was watching a movie, and it's this new Adam Sadler one, man. Uh, my daughter's bat mitzvah or something like that. Oh god, it, it was it was so bad. It's like I'm trying to just watch the film and shut up and eat my pizza. You know, everybody's just watching it. Whole family's there watching this movie, and I'm like, I'm like, after 15 minutes, like. I can't take this anymore, love. I'm gonna go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I had it's to a leave. Bad movie and a bad pizza as well. So <laughs> bad. When, when bad the music night. comes on, man, and it's just oh god, it's just so bad. I have to go. I can't watch this movie. 
I can't watch this <laughs> fucking movie. Gosh. Pretty bad, Mackie, you know. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But movies nowadays so are shit, man. That is too funny. Yeah, you're. I've been there before. That's the move, though. You got it. You can't ruin it for everyone else in the room mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. with our cynical stoner analytic brains. You can't just. You gotta just excuse yourself. Um, I've definitely done that before, where like I'll be watching something mm-hmm. with my wife. There's a show called uh, The Bear. It's on Hulu, and it's like a it's like a chef show, but it's a okay. it's a um, but it's not it's not nonfiction. It's a fiction it's a story. But it's about mm-hmm. a guy that that like a like a five star chef has to take over this Chicago Italian beef restaurant, and I used to work before I was a musician <laughs> before I was a podcaster. I used to work at Taylor Street Pizza. That is exactly what we other than pizzas you sold Italian beefs. Like I I worked in that environment, and this show is like Gosh. so ridiculous. I couldn't keep my fucking mouth shut, and eventually my <laughs> wife turned to me and she's like, "You ruined the show for me." Like, thanks for saying all those things, all the inaccuracies you pointed out, all the outrageous like this wouldn't happen, that wouldn't happen. Now the show is ruined for me, so I feel real bad about that. Ruined that it for sounds- Mrs. River. It sounds like me when I go on a dispensary tour and people have never been on one before. <laughs> okay, so this is a bud tender, but don't listen to him. He doesn't know shit. Like, he's like, you don't want he's... that shit? No, don't buy that shit. That, that shit's no good. <laughs> he, he can like hear you talking to them and you're like, he's going to recommend you something, but don't take his recommendation. He's just recommending the one that's the oldest or the one that's right. on sale. He don't know shit. No, <laughs> he's like, he like right. hears you saying this to the new customer. <laughs> Right. So yeah, man. Back to the uh, back to the shows here. You, you say there's going to be some updates to your show with some new content stream. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Speaking of series, right? Um, I'm going to be streaming. That's really cool. Uh, I've got the, oh, the well, live stream, Growcast live streams. live streams, Growcast nice. live. We're going to start once a month. Yeah, we do it for members already. Every when you're not going to do it on a Sunday, TV. are you? <laughs> uh, no, we're not going to do it on a Sunday. Cool. Is that when cool. you guys go live? Yeah, yeah. Don't clash with us, bro. You take all that. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> we're it. We're gonna go live right at the same time as High and Hunger. Let's do it! Come on. <laughs> We're thinking, uh, yeah. Actually, if we start a podcast war, it could be very profitable for both of us. Okay, you mm, guys can be the. Mm. It's like Let's Howard Stern and Opie. Let's talk behind the scenes. I mean? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, could be like so an Oasis I, Blur kind of thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then and then you drop a collab album, and you make it all the big bucks. Uh, yes. It's all the work. We're gonna be rich. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> Fucking work. Um, so I, uh, I'm going to do the last Friday of every month. We're going to start with the Growcast live. I'm going to go live uh, like all day. I hope to do extended live streams, uh, cover nice. a bunch of topics that I can't cover on the main show. I do feel that the main show is dedicated to cultivation and I don't want to muddy that up. Occasionally I step into things like news and legislation on the main show and it gets mixed reviews, right? Cause people tune into that feed. I understand that people tune into that feed for gardening stuff and, mm-hmm. And to be honest, there's so much other input all around us. I don't want to force that on people who are just looking for gardening stuff. So we're going to go live uh, once, starting once a month and just toy around with this. And um, like I said, cover news, cover uh, um, different different things that I'm not really willing to discuss on the cultivation show, just because I don't want it to mm-hmm. be off topic. We'll still do interviews live. I'll still also do some cool stuff, like probably do some uh, gaming, you know, play some poker, stuff like nice. that. Um, it's going to be fun. So that's that's the main new content stream. And then there was another one. Well, Growcast is going to be on video too, like the Growcast episodes that you're used to. Those are going to mm-hmm. start. Uh, those are going to start being video episodes here on YouTube. Nice. So uh, here from the Biodome. Ooh. So yeah, I just did some backend upgrades. Uh, I, I I have a different software setup than I did before, um, and I'm like just figuring it out 
maybe 90 days before I have to tear it all down. So that's really oh, lame. Oh, <laughs> that's lame. It's you, always going to be able to get, you're going to get started before then, or you wait until you've moved house and, and then do it. Oh yeah. We're starting, we're starting in October and then we're going to continue in Hawaii, but here in the biodome, uh, I just got the software like integrated and, and everything all set up mm. and, uh, it's a constant learning experience though. Like I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably, can I show this or no? Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh, I, I'll probably go to a similar setup wherever I go. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I just kind of figured everything out here. We have a nice. peach dosi that's senescing and an overwatered, mm -hmm. uh, an overwatered man's, uh, up front as well as a chocolate chip cookie that I'll be harvesting soon. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So, after this harvest, I'll probably call it. Sweet, man. And then just uh, start again when you've moved. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Back in Michigan. We'll do the pheno hunt in Hawaii, and then I'll do the Biodome 2.0 back in Michigan. I was going to do something else, but I think I'm going to stick with the. I like this idea of, like, I'm going to go even crazier with it. You know, mm -hmm. the Biodome. Basically, like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like a climate-controlled uh, envirosphere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, like a sphere. Yeah. Do you, how, how more clear can I get it, monkey? I don't know. Uh, make it more clear. <laughs> oh yeah. An envirosphere. Why did I know that? Yeah. Of course I know that. Nah. So the idea is like, it's your studio and your grow. And it's this fantasy world where like everything is self-contained and there's plants growing everywhere and there's screens going everywhere. And it's highly technological. Now in reality, this is all, this is all, you know, there's drywall behind this thing right here, but, mm -hmm. uh, I try to create the aesthetic, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, you're out there on the moon or something in your biodome. Yeah. Fucking right. That's exactly Streaming. Right. The two-second delay, you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> High speed satellite. But you mentioned something there as well, because Growcast focuses mainly on the grow guides aspect of things, doesn't it? And teaching people how to grow and do some interviews and stuff. But we have reached episode 81. We started again doing the grow guide series last year. And right now we've done 81 episodes. That's all about growing cannabis in some way. And it's getting difficult to come up with ideas uh, uh, and, and you're doing episodes that we haven't already covered before. Is, is this some kind of problem that you've had with Growcast? Cause you've been grow doing Growcast for a lot longer than we have. You know, it I think that, um, I think that everyone runs, everyone in content creation runs into this issue. I could be wrong. There's probably some things that are literally, there's infinite topics to talk about, but I'm pretty sure that no matter what content creation you do, you run into this problem. I've been doing this for nine years and uh, every year I have the thought that you just said, Maggie, at some point throughout yeah. the year, I go, uh, what? I've talked about everything. Mm. And um, there's two answers to this question. The first thing is, the first thing is, it's not about the the piece of information itself it it it's about how you deliver it so oftentimes when i need to learn something like when i'm studying poker and i need to learn something very specific about a strategy in poker mm -hmm. if you just tell it to me once i'm not going to implement it most of the time i'm not unless it's really easy and it's just what i needed to hear i'm not going to implement it you're going to need to tell it to me four or five times in four or five different ways in four or five <laughs> different contexts for me to really go, oh, wow, I'm never going to forget this. And next time I'm in this situation, I'm actually going to implement it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so far removed from just hearing the words, right? So the first thing is you're going to cover the same content, cover it in a different way and 
rely on the fact that experienced people need to be brushed up on the basics. There's new people tuning into your show who need to hear this anyways. And there's intermediate people who are in the middle of hearing this five times and Mm -hmm. it's going to click with, with them one of these times. So don't be afraid to cover the same stuff, put it in different packages. Education is all about putting it in a package that's entertaining or fun or, or something. Otherwise it's just school. And we all know you don't learn anything in school. (laughs) There's one thing that I've learned in school. It's that you don't learn anything in school. Um, so, so don't be afraid to cover the same stuff. And then the other side of that coin is there's always new things developing. There's Mm -hmm. always something happening in the cannabis industry. If you're out of ideas, give it three or four weeks, there'll be a new buzzword. There'll be a new compound discovered. There'll be a new scheduling of the drug. There'll be a new uh, company that just got overtaken or undertaken or whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. something new is always on the horizon. So that's my advice. Nice. Nice. Good advice, man. I appreciate that. That's cool. It's a good yeah. question. Not many people are in our, our situation, you know, <laughs> like podcast creators and stuff. So it's a definitely interesting. It applies. It, it, it applies to a lot of stuff too. You know, like um, there's two sides of this coin, which is like, there's nothing new under the sun is one side of the coin, right? We're all building off of other people's inspiration and technology. Standing and then, on the shoulders of giants. Exactly, yeah. But uh, equally true on the other side of the coin is uh, you are uniquely creative and you can do things that are at least delivered in a unique way. So mm-hmm. I think I think both sides of those coin are like equally true. Yeah, yeah. getting deep. Nice. Yeah, 81, I think, was the last grow guide we've done, which is going out tomorrow. That's killer, dude. That's a lot of content. You got to be proud about mm-hmm. that, man. Oh yeah, we are for sure, and that doesn't. That's that's eighty one for the grow guards. We've also done eighty one episodes right. of news, and then well, maybe ninety ninety five interviews, and that, that least, doesn't yeah. count the episodes that we did before, like the new season started, the new format of the show that we have. Right. So, so much content out there. So much. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. I'm excited to get into this uh, streaming stuff, and. Um... Yeah, try to try to mix it up a little bit. It's gonna be fun. Um, I got a good year to look forward to here, man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, man. If yeah, we had a guy on our show recently, Angus. Man, he would be a good guest on your show. You I'm always looking for him. new guests. Yeah, man. I'll send his email over to you so you can get in touch. Yeah, with hook me up. That sounds but, great. That sounds great. You've been working Angus with Ryan. the. Uh, so- sorry, monkey. I said Angus Friends is a real seed company. He does land race. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes around the world, finding them, cataloging them, selling them, preserving them, oh. all that good stuff. So real interesting mm-hmm. stuff, mostly Asia. Oh, I love it. That's right yeah. up my alley, man. I love that stuff. Land race he, hunting. He's so been fun. on That's a few few different shows right now. People are really enjoying him on uh, on all the podcasts. Man. Lots of good information from him. Righteous. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love yeah. it. You know, we'll, we'll tell you, he likes to talk. So uh, plan a long session. Okay. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. You've been doing some that. work with uh, Matthew Gates as well, right? Uh, concerning IPM classes and things you've yeah. been doing. Yeah, shout out to Matthew Gates, Sync Angel on uh, Instagram. We teamed up for a IPM masterclass. Uh, it's called Pestapalooza. It's an all-day pest fest. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it's it's really cool, man. And IPM is one of those things like people don't want to hear about it. People want to put their head in the sand. They don't want to think about this problem. They don't want to learn about this, this, this possible issue because they, I don't know, like they're scared that it might like bring it upon them. Right. Um, but it's so important and it's so fascinating. People dedicate their whole lives like Matthew to these singular parts 
of the grow kind of lexicon, right? Like you need to kind of know it all to go through a harvest, know a little bit of it all, but you could just spend the rest of your life, life studying pests. Absolutely. You could talk about something where there's new coming out, you know, every year, um, insects and pathogens and molds and mildews and any, anything that afflicts your garden. It is a whole school of study in itself. And I've just been, uh, in awe working with Matthew, somebody who dedicates all his time to this, to the specific subject. And every single Pestapalooza, I learned something. Um, it's just crazy, man. A lot of people slack on IPM. They don't do it until they see a problem and then they have their first bad infestation. And, uh, those who do engage in IPM regularly, oftentimes like will stop be like, Oh, I haven't seen a problem in a while, start slacking mm-hmm. and then just kind of fall off. So it's interesting. And, um, you know, it's it's one of the more important things to stay vigilant on because it's one of the things that you can lose your entire crop. You can have total yeah. crop loss. Like if you don't understand nutrition all the way, you're probably still going to end up with an okay harvest, right? Mm-hmm. Like unless you really fuck something up, you might lose out on yield or like a little bit of trichome coverage. But if you slack on IPM and you and you don't understand IPM, you could lose everything, whether that's uh, your whole commercial run and your business or your home grow and your medicine, not having medicine for a harvest. So it's super, super important stuff that I, I encourage people to study in their own way. Yeah, prevention is better than cure, man. It, it, it yeah. absolutely is. And it's, I just hate to see it, you guys. I hate to see people get hit with root aphids and have to tear down their grow. Mm. It, it's like, as somebody who's trying to get everyone to grow, that's the worst possible case scenario to me. Hey, do you grow your own? Well, I did. And I got this pest problem so bad. I just couldn't get rid of these aphids three runs in a row that I, that I shut it down and stopped growing. That's like mission failed for Jordan river. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. it's important shit. Yeah, man. We definitely need to cover it more with Asher. We've only covered bugs a few times, man, but it is an important yeah, factor. I've been blessed. I haven't had to deal with them. So you know, other than, you know, the fungus gnats, the common ones like that, but um, I'm going to, knock wood right now that that stays that way because you never know mm-hmm. one right, slip true. up right that's all it takes that's right one, one slip. slip up that's right get your quarantine game on point that's the number one contamination point the number one vector by far hands down with a bullet no questions mm-hmm. about it bringing in a cut or, or bringing in a plant from home depot you know you got to grab that mm-hmm. pepper plant and mm-hmm. uh, there's some root aphids in there that are that are going to destroy you. So having that quarantine, we go over all of this in depth in Pestapalooza. But I, if I had to like kind of just give a 30,000 foot kind of teaser, get that quarantine game on point. You need to be treating the soil, the medium, whatever that thing comes in. You need to be treating all of the foliage and you need to be giving time in between. Because even if you're treating that foliage, there are certain insects that will lay their eggs inside of the plant tissue. Thrips do this. Mm-hmm. So this is something uh, Matthew talks about in Pestapaloozas. Thrips lay their young inside the plant tissue. So something might not hatch until days later coming out of the plant tissue, and they could be mm-hmm. protected in that time. So have your quarantine game on point um, and be meticulous with your sprays. That's, that's the other thing. If you're an indoor grower, if you're outdoor and you're at scale, there's a bunch of different options. There's a bunch of different strategies. But if you're, if you're an indoor grower, the easiest, most thorough, most effective way to control pests is to be vigilant with spraying. You have such a tiny, enclosed, controlled environment that it's so easy to utilize those sprays with great effectiveness. So alternate products. I recommend uh, at least once a week preventative. Twice a week preventative is great. And uh, Scout, 
scout vigilantly. We have a whole scouting course. It's a really cool class, <laughs> but, um, but whatever, whatever, whatever you do, um, like whether or not you, you do the Growcast education, educate yourself on pests, go out there, YouTube, he, uh, Matthew Gates, Zenthanol has a whole YouTube channel. You can just mm-hmm. dig into that stuff. Hours of hours of stuff on aphids and, and, uh, white flies and mites. It's, it's fun. You'll be addicted mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a grow nerd like me. Yeah, man. It's important stuff to know for sure. I like it. It's super, super fascinating. Um, this, the, some of the mites, um, the females like rip off the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the males rip off the female skin when they reproduce. That was a fun fact that I learned. They like kinky. shred off yeah. their skin. Yeah. Super kinky. <laughs> yep. 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 And, uh, and one of the other ones that, uh, Matthew talks about is the genetic priming of aphids. He's got a whole video on aphids and how they communicate with the young inside of them in, like three generations ahead of time saying, wow. Hey, we're feeding on this, start producing this enzyme, start getting ready for this. Um, just a few things uh, that we go over in the class, but mm-hmm. I am infinitely fascinated by the world of bugs and pests. It's, it's crazy how like nature just works on them levels. Isn't it? It's, it's, I don't know. Nature is an, is an amazing thing, man. It, it just baffles me all the time. It is. And really it's just about not letting it get out of balance for our purposes. Like aphids mm-hmm. are important. Aphids are a super important food source for, for the food chain. Uh, if aphids were just gone overnight, there would be a massive mm-hmm. knock on effect. We mm-hmm. just don't want them ruining our cannabis harvest. That's all. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's really not like about bad or good. It's just keeping things in balance. That's the key. Except for wasps. All wasps must die. No, no, no. Wasps are actually one of your best insects out there, man. Fuck them. They they eat the bad bugs. They pollinate. They do all kind of good things. No, don't care. And if you leave them alone, they don't want nothing to do with you. That's lies. That's lies that that attacked me before. Propaganda. Yeah, that's that's wasp propaganda for sure. (laughs) They just attacked me for no reason. No, no good reason. No justifiable mm-hmm. reason in the court of law. You'd never be able to justify that attack. Yeah. Just stabbing um, somebody like that, just <laughs> flying over and sticking your ass knife in my neck. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing, bro? Uh, unprovoked. Fuck? No unprovoked. threat of deadly force. Um, uh, I used surprise to be a attack. You know, it's like sucker punched by the wasp, you- essentially. I used to be in Mackey's camp, but I didn't know they were pollinators. Uh, yeah. Like Monkey said, I learned later. I thought that just bees pollinated and wasps. 2% of pollination, man, it ain't nothing. Fuck them. They're in it for themselves. <laughs> anyway, they ain't doing well, it because they want to make anything for anybody. They're just flying around trying to find things to kill in different flowers. So they actually accidentally <laughs> pollinate things. Fuck wasps. Fuck wasps. <laughs> yeah, wasps will also eat your aphids and things like that. You know, they they. they Feast on bad bugs. So no, they're good things. Most farmers love wasps. They don't like them if they get stung, but they like them in the field because they're actually doing yeah. a good job. Ladybirds so. will eat aphids too, man, but they won't try and sting <laughs> you. <laughs> Invite the birds in your gardens. If you're outdoors, oh, man, that's yeah, a man. huge. I have not realized the power of birds in, until recently. And they, they will. They'll, they'll eat the fuck out of those aphids. For sure. And caterpillars too, man. Caterpillars, they love. That's the best thing in the world for caterpillars is uh, like uh, cardinals, blue jays, they love it. You nailed it. And also uh, grasshoppers, because there's almost no other control for grasshoppers. But mm-hmm. inviting birds in your yard, they'll swoop down and eat the fuck out of those grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, really good point with the birds. They also uh, carry protozoa on their feet and nice. they'll 
if you have worms in your garden, they'll go after those worms and they'll embed their feet into your garden. A little bit of bird IMO, a little bit of indigenous yeah. microorganisms right there. Um, so it's just, it's really important to have birds in your garden, have worms and birds and, and lots of things, uh, mm -hmm. for the, for the entire food web. Uh, fucking, yeah, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. But, but yeah, it's also important with pollinators not to spray the wrong stuff. Oh, yeah. There are, there are certain sprays that are really toxic to things like bees, like spinosad. Spinosad is really toxic to bees and that's mm -hmm. a product. I, I like that product a lot, but one of the drawbacks, one of the huge drawbacks is don't spray it during the day outdoors. That's an indoor yeah. product or after dark when the bees have gone to bed. Yeah, that's um, why you can't get seven anymore or nicotine sulfate, those kind of things, because they just would go after the pollinators so badly. Yeah, we, yeah you don't that, want that, man. No, yeah. my MO is actually leaving everything alone until I see a problem and then catching it early. But I don't like the spray as a prevention because sometimes those, those sprays, in my experience at least, They'll get the good bugs and it'll, it'll do some bad stuff to you. So I, I basically just keep my eyes open. And if the predators aren't taking care of it, then I'll go after it. But otherwise, hands off, let nature do it. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And think of yourself, too. It's another thing that we like completely overlook as growers. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really want to be breathing any of this stuff in. Um, mm -hmm. Even like horticultural oils are perfectly natural, perfectly safe in your garden. I really like them. I do recommend them. Uh, but you don't want to be breathing in horticultural oils. You just don't. So right. put on a mask or at least be cognizant to not spray and walk. Turn, yeah, water. like turn your fans off. I've yes. done that before with neem oil. Yes. I had a neem oil mix, sprayed it, fans <laughs> on, sprays back in my face. Like, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, neem oil smells like worse. That stuff is so nasty, bro. Yeah, maybe that's bitter. what's wrong with me. You know? Super bitter. <laughs> yeah, totally, for sure. <laughs> if we blame it on the neem. <laughs> Blame it on the neem, man. I actually, I have a contentious relationship with neem because it is so effective. Neem mm. oil is fucking a really great product. It does a, a lot of things besides just being an oil and a natural mm -hmm. pest repellent. It slows down pests reproduction. Um, it, it smothers them and suffocates them uh, and it hangs around. It's got a lot of staying power. But that stuff is nasty. I hate the way it smells. I hate the way it mm. feels. There are studies that show people that spray this uh, on a large scale agricultural field, they end up getting all sorts of um, diseases where you where you end up vomiting and nauseous uh, mm -hmm. from being from being exposed to too much neem. It's natural; it's, it's one hundred percent uh, natural, but you don't want to breathe it. That was one of the things. When, what was that? Um, cannabis hypomesis is, you know, that shit yep. where people yep. were being sick all the time. Uh, neem oil was. It was being blamed, was blamed on neem. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I, I interviewed a couple of people. I interviewed uh, Doctor Grinspoon. And he theorized that the neem wasn't the culprit. Mm -hmm. right. um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. And I've definitely seen the case where some people say, hey, I had hyperemesis. I took a break. I started growing my own. I didn't spray it with anything. I tried it. I didn't get hyperemesis. That's an anecdotal um, case, mm -hmm. obviously. It's not something that you could say, hey, you know, here's a, a data point. But it is a, mm -hmm. an, an anecdotal experience. So I don't know. But I do know that you will end up with that hyperemesis if you do spray neem and and inhale it yeah it'll make you sick as shit so yeah, yeah. that's over I've, years you know that's working with a professional mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think yeah. i've heard somebody say basically that, that they were having a situation with the hyperemesis and then they started growing their own 100 percent organic and that that was the key right there they said that the 100 percent organic stuff they could tolerate it no problem whatsoever but anything from a dispenser anything that was using salts at all bam they had issues with it now i don't know if that was psychological or if it's real 
but I do remember that story specifically. I have heard those same anecdotes and I, I, I exactly, I wonder the same thing. Is, are, are, are those anecdotal experiences pointing to something that is true there? There's something that they're spraying mm-hmm. on these plants. There's something about it, or is it just not, it, it could be, it could be a coincidence essentially. Yeah. Um, we, we need a double blind here, you know? Totally. I would love to see that. And it is a very rare disease. The thing is more Americans are smoking than ever. You know, how how many Americans above 18 are there? What is it like 300 something million people in this country? A bunch of them are kids. Let's say there's 200 million, uh, 18 and over. Maybe that number's off, but that's just an easy number. Um, Yeah. Say 300 million would be close enough, man. Yeah. And think think about that. I, I swear to God, half of adults are smoking or have tried it. You know That's what I mean? The like, last thing I heard was 50% of Americans admit to it trying cannabis at one point. So, yeah, so, the, so that the number is probably higher, to be honest. If you, yeah. if you really think about it, it's probably like 60%. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 60%. Mm-hmm. So you have a hundred million plus people consuming this. There's going to be, I think hyperemesis was one in a hundred thousand, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong about that. Please don't quote me. Uh, anyways, it's very, very rare. And uh, when you have a hundred million people, then you're gonna have you're gonna have this this rarity popping up more. I just don't mm-hmm. like how they kind of fear monger with like, oh, rare disease. Like, see, it's it's like not such a good thing. When well, wait a minute, should, should should we outlaw peanut butter too? Because there's a lot of peanut allergies out there. It's exactly right, especially when there's so many experiences of people seeing medicinal benefits. It's like, well, what about all the side effects mm-hmm. uh, for the pills, right? You got this whole long mm-hmm. list of side effects, but as soon as cannabis has a rare side effect, you know, sound the alarm. Yeah. Uh, let's draw back legalization. It's it's silly, and I don't I don't like that aspect. My heart does go out to people with hyperemesis. It's a crippling disease, um, and it's very very complicated. So, yeah, it I is, hope we do but, learn more about it. But there is a cure. Just don't smoke cannabis, and you're you're fine usually. So I mean, at least they have that. And they'll they'll get relief from uh, taking hot baths and hot showers, scalding hot yeah. showers mm-hmm. often to, mm-hmm. to get relief from it, which is really a, a trademark of the disease. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, very interesting. And again, my heart goes out to those people. So if you're listening to this and you have hyperemesis, I, yeah, I do want to say, you know, um, hopefully there will be more understanding of this disease in the near, near future. Yeah, there probably will be. I certainly and, hope so. Just knowing why it happens to some particular people would be interesting to know. But you know, well, the human body's so different between person to person, man. Yeah, I'm like, certainly like, like plants, that. like phenotypes. You know, we're all different phenotypes, man. We're gonna react to things differently. Yeah, I mean, honestly, cannabis is like less so than us, right? Like, I okay. So, for instance, if I eat MSG, can you guys eat monosodium glutamate? No, yeah, problems. I don't have problems eating anything. You could, so you can just go out, have anything you want. You go and have some Thai food. You go have Chinese food. Mm-hmm. No problems. Okay, I, I will I will be hyperemesis, Jordan. I will emit hyperemesis. I will um I will erupt with vomit if I eat monosodium glutamate. Too much of it. Wow. What's and, that uh, in? there's nothing oh, you can do about it. Asian food yeah, yeah. generally. It's like an umami seasoning, monosodium yes. glutamate. It's like a super salt sugar. Um MSG, and it's, it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, ramen, every ramen packet you eat, uh, going out to eat Asian food, uh, fried chicken. It's in fried chicken a lot, like just Damn. eating fried chicken around. I love fried uh, chicken like, so uh, much. Fa- fast food, all the fast food has MSG. <laughs> um, and if it reaches a certain threshold in my body, I will literally erupt. If you give, uh, if you give one phenotype the wrong mix, it doesn't like 
like spit soil all over the tent. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be so fucked up if you were just feeding four plants and one of the phenotypes just did something totally different. You just start getting sprayed in the face. Or if it just dies, like I'm surprised that, you know, the mix works on all of them and it doesn't just kill one of them. Like you said, the aforementioned deadly peanut allergy. Like, oh, now this one was just allergic. He's dead. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just funny how that works. Humans are very, very complex mm-hmm. and I'm glad, I'm glad that plants don't get sick like we do. Oh man. Yeah. So you've got something going on with, uh, concentrates as well. With one of the, one of the other many things that you're doing nowadays, some, uh, home extraction yeah. challenge. What's going on there? Yeah, man. I got the members, um, doing some home extraction and concentration. Um, I just like the idea of more sustainability and just DIY, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you look at the progression of a cannabis community member, a cannabis enthusiast, they usually start as a smoker and then they get really into the plant and its uses and its medicinal benefits. And then hopefully they say, let me start growing this, right? And mm-hmm. then you start growing it. And that's not the end. I think a lot of times we think like, oh, now I'm growing it. I'm just going to do more runs and do more runs. Um, I think you can take it even further. Where people usually take it from that is they either start making their own strains, which we love to teach people to make their own strains. We're in Virginia in a week and a half, me and Riza Rich doing the breeder class. Um, and, and also people make their own extracts. So I stopped going to the dispensary for flour because I grow my own flour. Why go to the dispensary for rosin? You can press your own rosin at home. You can make mm-hmm. some. You can make some temple balls. You don't even have to buy a press. You can make some temple balls. That is the quintessential cannabis experience, the ultimate pinnacle of cannabis consumption, and you can do that by hand yourself in your house. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing in our Discord. We've been doing a, an extraction challenge channel. We're encouraging members to make their own stuff. We're posting recipes. Here's how to do it. Um, wonderful moderator and member Izzy Natural did a live hash walkthrough. Um, there's a million ways to do it, whether it's RSO. Rich gave a great class on RSO to the members. Um, there's a million ways to extract and to concentrate and do it at home. You will not regret it. You shouldn't be throwing away. Here's another big one, right? It's this all started with an episode about how to use the trim in your freezer. Every right. grower has a big bag of trim in their freezer. I think I might have talked about this on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but maybe because we we think. Do you guys have a bag of trim well. in your freezer? I'm do starting you a have... new one. I, I just finished my bag of trim. I washed it, but uh, a couple months ago, yeah, I started my new one. I, I like to call people bin, out. What so, about uh, you, Mackie? Uh, I have a worm bin, so my worms get mine. You no, know, once I've even done... your sugar leaves. Oh my God, those are some yeah. happy worms. I, really? I, yeah, they are. They, and they get my psilocybin too when the mushrooms go back. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. some fucked up worms, bro. It's like, party time in <laughs> if the you worm eat their shit, you know, you're talking about some fucking worm castings and shit. Damn. They're going to start talking to you one day. You're going to go to feed them. They're going to start talking to you one day. You're just going to hear, hey, hey, down here. You're like, Holy Probably shit. More than shrooms, man. That's my stadium shit. We're good. <laughs> Holy shit! I made them sentient. I fed them so many, <laughs> so many mushrooms. Is that that Simpsons episode, man? You know where Lisa has the the city that grows in the tub. That's why I'll, I'll go out to my fucking worm farm. The sea monkeys, bro. Be, yeah, they just have a little civilization. There's little buildings they've built now. 
you know maybe that's when i'm on too many mushrooms maybe that's them yeah maggie what if we're the sea monkeys in the kingdom oh my god that next time oh here we go simulation now freaking me out man i'm losing it (laughs) yeah so i mean i I do miss making hash but i hate trimming so much that i usually just let my shit dry trim and then you know take the big stuff off let the shit dry without really trimming it and then as I come to use a bud, I take off the leaf. Then it's like a sweet wrapper, that or a candy wrapper. You know, it just stays on the bud to protect it while it sits in jars. And then when you come to smoke it, just take off the leaf, bro. Nice and easy. Yeah, I like that. And certain cultivars, you barely need to trim. I think that's mm-hmm. like a that's like an often under underappreciated uh, aspect or attribute mm-hmm. of cannabis strains. Like the ice cream wolfman. When I went to trim it, it was like huge top cola, clip, 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 done. Nice. Like that's it. There's there's like almost no sugar leaf, and the stuff that is there is so coated in trichomes and small that you don't want to take it off anyways. Mm-hmm. You just chop off the big water leaves that are like clearly sticking out. It's like if you wet trim the ice cream wolfman, it's like no, it's a no brainer. Even this truffle cake has a lot of sugar leaves, but they're so coated. Like I I don't clip them, you know. I just cut back anything that kind of sticks out. I like to clip them off though because they wash so good those those sugar leaves. So yeah, they make the best hash if you take the time to trip uh, cut them out. It's totally true, absolutely. Especially if you're doing cured, the cured mm-hmm. uh, sugar leaf, like that's what most people are doing at home, right? They're not freeze drying right away. Most people who are home growers don't do that, and myself included. So you let the bud dry, right. and you let those trichome heads cure, and then mm-hmm. you chop normal like trim, and you take that trim and use it for bubble hash or uh dry sift man just yeah dry sift all kind of stuff yeah and then from there you can press it or not Mm -hmm. um and you know get a lot of different different expressions from different cultivars so yeah that's what we're encouraging people to do man don't just like stop Mm -hmm. it growing push it further making your own edibles i posted my can of butter recipe i do a really quick stovetop can of butter that i'm i'm pretty fond of just because of how easy it is and Mm. people are trying it and people are loving it Um, nice it's a really fun time. I like edibles quite a bit. You just want to try and save every little bit of the whole crop, you know? Don't try not to waste anything. Oh, speaking of which, um, really interesting and easy medicinal tincture. You take all you take all your skeletons, all of those stems that are left over when you chop your plant, um, those still have trichomes and terpenes present. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we do the stem rub, right? Definitely so what terpenes. You can do, Mm-mm. What you can do with that, uh, aside from like mulching it, like chopping it up and, and making it like a top cover, is you can take those stems, cut them to equal lengths, make a bundle, and stick them into a big mason jar. Fill that mason jar with really high-proof alcohol like Everclear, and then put it in the freezer. All you got to do is once a day go shake that jar in the, you know, in the freezer, shake, 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 put it back. Seven days later, you have a medicinal tincture. It's going to extract all the ancillary cannabinoids, all the flavonoids, all the terpenes, whatever's left in there that it can extract. It's going to extract into that alcohol. Strain it and uh, put a few drops under your tongue. Nice. Yep, just from stocks. That's something that most people don't use. Again, Mm -hmm. myself included. I started composting my stocks, which at least they're not going into the garbage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, here's the thing, you guys. Okay, Calyx, like, open my eyes to this. If you have a healthy fan leaf that you defoliate in the middle of flower, that fan leaf has every micro and macronutrient that cannabis needs. It's mm-hmm. literally, like, 
full uh, currently with the water in it. It's literally full of your entire solution. Whatever your mineral solution is that, that it's sitting in, that is present in that water leaf. Mm. So the idea is take all those leaves and stalks and anything that's healthy like that, even if it's not, but ideally it's healthy, and you put it in a JLF, a JADAM liquid fertilizer. Basically, you put it in a bucket with water and some leaf mold, and you stir it, and you wait like six months for this stuff to turn into cannabis-specific JLF, a natural fertilizer. Nice. Wow. Um, and that is how you really, if you want to close the loop, there is no better way. You start making your own compost, you mix your own soil, and you pour JLF on it. Your bottle nutrients are gone. Everything is driven by microbes. Everything is closed loop, and you can grow for next to nothing. You come win some free seeds, right? Or come to a fucking... <laughs> Come to any event, any cannabis event. If Growcast is there, you know you're going to get free seeds, but everybody's doing it. You go to any cannabis event, get yourself some free seeds, put it in your homemade free compost, start making your JLF immediately, and mm. uh, in a year, you'll be completely like zero budget growing cannabis outdoors. Well, yes. and mm-hmm. take, take your free seeds and duplicate those and make yourself some more seeds. And now you don't have to buy that down the line. Yeah, we can do a lot ourselves if, if we just put our, our mind to it. Yes. I mean, now, this is the one thing. If you, I, I use my words very carefully. If you learn to breed your own seeds, you will never run out of seeds again. Correct. Like Monkey said, you will never run out of seeds again. But I can't tell you that you'll never buy seeds again. Oh, because... <laughs> no, I'm laughing. I've got probably uh, three or 4,000 homemade seeds sitting in a box here. And I was looking at the seed catalog yesterday because, oh, those genetics look nice. <laughs> How do I know? How oh, yeah. do I know it, Mackie? I understand the <laughs> cannabis grower very, very well. And uh, and that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, seeds are one of those things that like people really like to collect. I've got a big ass bag. I'm never going to get through myself. Uh-huh. And um and making them is in just another great way to add to that collection and, and go towards things that you want. Um, but breeders are some of the biggest seed purchasers that I know. And it's just funny <laughs> how that works. But but I want everyone breeding, man. That's that's mm. one thing that like me and Riza Rich really vibe on, which is um, sometimes in the cannabis world, it can feel like people are pulling up the ladder. It can feel like people are, for instance, breeders who don't, really want you to breed because they're going to see you as competition. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that probably comes from a place of insecurity by which I mean, breeding cannabis ain't all that hard. Like it's, it's not like an easy hobby, but breeding cannabis is easier than breeding dogs. Way easier, way easier than breeding dogs, infinitely easier than breeding dogs. Breeding cannabis is easier than breeding peppers. Technically. Um, in a lot of ways, I would say it's more complex, certainly, but the actual act of doing it, anyone can do it. And I think a lot of these guys get a little bit threatened by that. And that's where terms like pollen chucker come from. To me, a breeder is anyone who breeds cannabis and engages in the act of breeding cannabis. Now, I understand why people get pedantic because they're saying these people aren't doing the same thing I'm doing. I'm looking through huge populations. I'm drawing out Punnett squares and, and, and calculating the chances of these attributes showing up and determining if they're dominant traits or recessive traits. And so they're saying these people aren't doing the same thing I'm doing. Therefore it should be a different name for it. But at the end of the day, I, I land on the other side of it, which is this is easy to do. The cannabis plant wants you to breed it again. Mm-hmm. It's part of the, it's part of the botany of desire. It made itself easy to breed for you. And I'm tired of 
uh, people who talk like that discouraging other people from breeding. I think that's really where it comes from is they're trying to do that and it works. Mm. The number one thing we hear at the breeder class is like, I don't want to be called a pollen chucker. I don't want to uh, give out some seeds and have it have one herm and have somebody put me on blast. That's the biggest fear these people have. And I have to tell them, listen, cannabis plants, <laughs> cannabis plants just intersect sometimes. It just happens. You're never going to breed that completely out of cannabis. If you did, you'd have the world's first non-hermable cannabis. Like mm. you, you can't let something like that hold you back. First of all, it happens. It's nature. And, and second of all, don't let that stop you from breeding for fun. You know what I mean? If you're not out there saying, you know, like this is a, selling this product and saying this is a stable product. If you're just, if you're just making seeds and, and growing them and, or giving them to your family and friends and people like that, like everyone should be doing that. I believe everybody should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really, really important. And I think that we also need people preserving genetics because a lot of this shit is going away because everyone's going to be breeding their own stuff. It's already happening, right? Yeah. But there's a certain subsect of people that want to preserve and we need to support those people and we need to encourage people to do that work. So in 20 years, that blue dream that everybody's sick of, we still have a cut around somewhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's important. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, what I'm all about. That, that, that's what I'm trying to accomplish by getting everybody into the aspect of breeding, not just growing. Mm-hmm. And then there's just thousands of seeds of everything everywhere. You know, it ensures the longevity of quality cannabis strains. You know what I mean? It's bound to happen. It's already happening, right? Yeah. Like I think it's so useless to be like, oh, all these new breeders and get bitter about it, right? Mm. Um, it's just it's easy. It's easy, yeah. and everyone should do it. And you should encourage everyone to do it because it's, if it's about freeing the plant, why wouldn't it be about freeing the seeds? Mm. I think these people just just want credit. You know, they want credit yeah. and they're, mm-hmm. and they're threatened. And at the end of the day, I say, open the floodgates and, uh, and, and still with a mind to preservation, free the plant by freeing mm-hmm. the genetics. That's the key. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good seeds and good breeders will speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But you've seen these, these breeders where you have to almost sign an agreement that if I'm going to sell you these regs, you agree not to breed these regs and give them to anybody else because yeah. Wait a minute. Once the product's in my hands, it's my, well, you know, it's my, it's my right property. To do, it's my property. <laughs> I can do what I want with it. I understand what, what the breeders are saying, that, you know, the moral obligation, don't, don't rip me off, that kind of stuff like that. But you, know, you can't tell somebody not, not to do something. They, it, they own it now. It's theirs. You're, you're so right. I think that's happening less and less. Th- that argument is indefensible. The here's a plant that basically breeds itself. Now don't breed with it. That argument is indefensible. I used to see it more like 10 years ago when it was like, Hey man, you got to ask me permission before you breed with my stuff. Um, Now it's basically as long as you credit them and tag them on IG, like once you've passed the cultural test, which I think is like, I think it's like fair and appropriate, but I think it's hilarious how it went Mm. from like, get my permission to like, okay, at least let me know to now, like, how are we going to keep track? There's people making new strains right now. There's somebody who just made a gorilla cross, like, boom, by the time we were speaking, there's a new one out there somewhere. Right. So like, exactly. Eventually it gets impossible. Here's another thing that gets impossible. You guys names, we're running out of names, <laughs> man. I know it. Breeders want to jump down your throat when you name the same thing, uh, a, a strain, the same name. But now there's three or four different peach pies because we're running out of yeah. we're running out of fucking words. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one problem I see there though is, do you really like? Okay, I've got a bunch of stuff that I've crossed. 
None of it's named yet because I don't know if it's good enough to be named. Do we name it right off the bat as soon as it's crossed? Oh, I've got these seeds and I'm going to call it this. Or should we grow it out a few times before we decide whether or not this thing even needs to stay in the world long enough to be named? That's a great question. What, what a creative question. Um, Give yeah, it a name, that, man. Give it a name. Fuck it. You can always change it. I think it's a personal preference, but I, I would lean towards Mackie's camp. I think you you give it a name regardless, especially if you have a name in mind. Okay. But but go with your heart on that one, man. Like no one can tell you how to breed. Um, name them numbers, you know, X1, X2, X4, uh, whatever floats your boat. Or like you said, don't even bother naming them until you find something really special. Um, to that Gotta note, go on though, two weeks, man, two weeks. Two weeks? Why do they call it two weeks? You know, because two weeks, because it flowers in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people wouldn't believe it, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, if if you... that, I, I've heard this rumor that AK-47 mm. was supposed to be Afghani Kush that took 47 days to mature. I don't know if that's true or not, but mm. someone wow. told me that and they said, well, it fits. I have never heard that before. If you had a strain that flowered in two weeks, you would be oh, a Lord. fucking billionaire you would be a billionaire <laughs> overnight cannabis already goes really fast like eight mm. weeks that's mm. fucking fast you can't yeah. i don't think you can get fruit you certainly can't get coffee in eight mm -hmm. weeks it takes like years years and years so uh i like the eight weeks but if you do if you had a two-week strain hook me up with that mackie holy shit yeah, man monkey's working yeah, on man. it <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that, that's a little bit two weeks my god you know? I'm trying to think that's going to be like cancerous growth. That's going so fast. My Dude, gosh, that would be the gnarliest rug pull on the industry ever is Mackie hypes up the two week strain. He's been working on this for <laughs> years. You guys. He's been working on this for years behind the scenes and it's called right. Mackie's two weeks and it's a two week flowering strain and he hypes it up and then he drops it and he starts selling them. Right. And then the countdown begins because he has four weeks of veg and two weeks of food. We can make millions. The we can do it. And then he just disappears. And it was like, holy shit. The whole show was just this big lead up to a rug pull. <laughs> That's it. Okay. We, we, we have to get it. It's going to take at least a year to make these seeds. So everybody get ready to buy them because in a year we're going to have these seeds. That is something that would happen. Unfortunately. And we can pre-sell them. That's it. We, we need to pre-sell them. They me out. You've been looking <laughs> at my plans. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dude. the idea as a joke first, but honestly, that sounds like something that would happen in cannabis. Yeah. Like, I could totally <laughs> see a breed, some hot new breeder coming on the scene and doing exactly that. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually had a, a, an established breeder once. I was trying to get hold of some of his genetics, and he asked me if I was willing to pre-buy the set that he, he was working on now. I was like, no way, man. I'm, you know, money. I'll give you money when mm. you give me something back. That's the way it's going to work. It's got to happen that way. Breeders are hurting and, and breeders are bad at business. Cannabis members are bad at business because we come from a community driven community, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the idea of, of kind of sharing and community is, is important to cannabis. So when it becomes corporatized, these people can't swim in that lane, right? Because oftentimes it's gross. You got to know how to, you got to know how it works, man. Like how to have mm -hmm. integrity and provide value and, and, have a have a product that people care about and get compensated fairly for that product um, and still deliver above the value that you're offering it's it's not easy to like mm. operate well and successfully and with ethics in in uh, any like marketized corporatized kind of kind of world but um I, I see that a lot with these breeders yeah they just don't know how to do business and it's sad because the guys that know how to do business to if i could generalize they don't know how to do cannabis 
So you have these chads, I don't like the term, but like you have these corporate chads who don't know shit about the plant or how it grows or how to make a good product or even what good product is. And then you got these like legacy breeders who are like masters of their craft and they, they just don't have the business acumen to compete with these other guys most of the time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can, I'm not, like, I'm not ex- an exception to that rule. I, I feel the same way, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to operate that world very well, maybe better than some, but it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, it's hard to do, especially in cannabis, dude. Cannabis is crazy right now. Um, yeah. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's restrictions been. as well. It's not easy to do. Yep. Tons of restrictions. People are getting choked out so bad this year. Um, tons of big guys buying up little guys, little guys shutting down, closing down. Uh, supply is now dropping, right? Because, because of mm-hmm. the, the constriction. So now suddenly it's like hard to find good weed again. Prices have come up a little bit here in the States, which is crazy. Uh, it's a really wild time in 2023. It's, I think it's the craziest time in the cannabis industry in my lifetime, for sure, right now. Mm, right. Yeah, it's not all paved with gold, is it? There is still lots of problems in the whole cannabis industry in the USA and Canada, all over the world, man. Nobody has it done right yet. Well, it's no funny we'll too. We called it the green rush, right? Yeah. The green rush is a playoff of the gold, the gold rush. rush. Right, right, right. The gold rush wasn't a good, sustainable thing. The gold <laughs> rush was like, the gold Flash rush was notorious. Pan, literally. Yeah. Yeah. The gold rush it's was done. notorious for bankrupting people. Sure. The only people who really made, well, I, I, some people made money at mining, but the mining supply companies made more money than the miners did, you know, selling them the mm. tools and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, when like, people talk to me, wouldn't you wouldn't you love to start your own grow? I said, no, I'd rather go ahead and sell it to people that are starting their own grow because at least I know I'm going to be selling on a regular basis, you know? Mm. That is the, if, if you're trying to make money in the cannabis industry, that's my number one advice, which is generally, if your number one goal is to make money, the further you get away from the plant, the more profitable it becomes. Right. And it's, right. it's a sad, it's a sad truth. And you can still grow every day. That's like what I do, right? Like I do a show about growing and I'm having much more success than if I was, than when I was just growing. Right. So like you can still grow every day and be part of the plant, but like, I miss my big grow. I miss providing dispensaries, hearing reviews from patients. Um, I miss that stuff. I wonder if I could, if it was all equal, would I, would I rather do that? Like, but the point is a lot of people are, are trying to do that and they're ending up with failing businesses because it's really, really hard right now. So, so my advice to people who want to get into the industry is like you said, it's like the gold rush, sell the picks and the shovels. That's what you exactly. want to do. To More money, money there. Exactly. That's that it serve these people in some way. And then guess what? You still get to go to all the same conventions. You get to hang out in the industry. You get to tour these grows. So mm-hmm. you still, you still get to be in it. That's the best happy news. Uh, maybe it's not, it's just not actually growing the plant because that's getting harder and harder and harder to make a decent buck at. So gotcha. sad. you're right. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's just so funny again, that like we reference this time in history as if it's a good thing. The gold rush was literally <laughs> known for bankrupting everybody. And then they're like, it's the green rush. And they're like, sign me up. It's bizarre. It's like, uh, it's like, what was the space mission that crashed? And it's like Apollo one, which, which one crashed? And it's Apollo like, what? 13, right? Apollo 13? Yeah. yeah it, Apollo it didn't 13. crash. It blew up. There was trouble. And then it's like, we're going to do, we're, we're, it's, it's a recreation of the Apollo 13. I want to go to space. It's like, no, this is a bad thing. You have to learn from the past. It's like, don't name it after the thing that was a failure, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, man. Would Crazy you go to space? Stuff. Did that movie freak you out? 
<laughs> Apollo 13. That was uh that was an older one too, right? Yeah, like, Tom like, Hanks uh, that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was young. I was young yeah. when that came out. Yeah, it, it I don't was, know. Came out a long time ago, I think. It doesn't feel that way, but it is. It's so fucking long ago. Let's see, Mackie. That if one you had a chance would, if you had a chance tomorrow, Mackie, would you jump on on a on a rocket and head head to space? No, probably not. Uh, not me far. either. What about you, Jordan? You go you go into space? Man, I would need some specifics, especially after some other like recent journeys that didn't go so well in the news. Like I would need to do my research before saying yeah. yes or no. I would definitely love to visit to see Earth from space uh before mm-hmm. my time is up. Like I definitely would love to do that. But I'm I, I also might be one of the guys that wants to let the technology kind of iron itself out for a couple of decades first. Right. right <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so I think I'm probably leaning no, but if I like read up on it and saw how safe it was and it was safe and I don't know. I just worry about getting on one of the initial flights and ended up with like a PS3 controller that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Or an, ex- like or that, an Xbox mm-hmm. controller, hint, hint. Yes. Yeah. I Terrible. Think, man. I've heard things happen recently. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yikes, man. Terribly bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. Let the let the technology iron itself out, and then when they need mm. growers in space, right? My free ticket. Well, I don't really do too well on on amusement parks on the roundy roundy kind of rides. I usually get pretty well motion sick on those. I'm just thinking. You know, space, zero gravity, all of that stuff like that. I probably wouldn't do too well in zero gravity with that. So, nah, I'm staying home. Oh, man, screw that. Yeah, I get fucked up on roller coasters for sure. You don't want to see roller coaster, Jordan. Oh, I can do <laughs> roller coasters. I'm talking about the, the roundy, roundy, you know, the dizzy, make you dizzy rides. Those just oh, all get of me sick. Yeah, yeah roller man, coasters, I'll ride roller coasters all day. That's good. That's I'm, I'm fun with that. You mean the teacup ride? The teacup ride makes Yes. Oh, yes. I hate that. Absolutely <laughs> hate that ride with a passion. So you'll do like giant drop, but you go to oh, a yeah. teacup ride and you're like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> uh, like uh, Universal Studios fear. The, what is Dr. Doom's fear fall? Yeah, that's no problem at all with that. Yeah. I love the, the fear, the scare. No problem. But I'm not sick when I get off of it. I'm just, yeah. I got my adrenaline rush and I'm walking away. But the roundy roundies, man, it's a headache that will never go away for hours and hours and hours. And I might as well not even be in the park after that. Oh, that sounds awful, man. God damn. Yeah, fuck well, the I, teacup we... ride. <laughs> <laughs> my that. kids loved it because I used to get sick all the time. Come on, dad. No. Oh, man, it's such a bad idea to go to these places with your kids. Every time I go and they see some ride, you know what? I don't want to get on it. I feel like I'm too old for that shit. I've done all that shit when I was young. I don't find it comfortable. You know, it's fun, but you know, you know, it's also fun chilling. All right, <laughs> totally. I like chilling. You know, <laughs> I used but, to do all sorts there, of like... crazy shit. I don't need to get on this roller coaster right now. I like but, to. You know, I like to just sit. <laughs> the worst peer pressure is from your kids, man. It's really hard to say no to them. And they'll go, "Come on, Dad. True. Come on. We're going on. Come on. Come oh, with you... us." And stuff. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fine. Fine. And then you have to be <laughs> flung around at stupid speeds and stupid heights. It's like, oh, God damn, I just wanted to chill. You know? <laughs> it's true, dude. It's too true. Let's see, there was a God question damn. in the YouTube chat, Jordan. Uh, Silasen was wanting to know, are you having a, a Pestapalooza class in Virginia? And if, if so, where? Yes, 100% we're coming to Virginia. It'll be in 2024, and we're going to do our two grocery stores, the same ones that we're doing uh, the breeder class. So first of all, if you're coming to the breeder class, I'll see you there a week and a half from now. If not, go check it out. Growcastpodcast.com slash classes. Use code Growcast. Uh, it's in nine days. And we go to Richmond on the Saturday at uh, my buddy's homegrown VA. 
They're the biggest store out there. I love those guys. Um, they're really knowledgeable. When we did the living soil class out there, the owner handed me some flour that was nuts. It was so nuts. Mm. Um, so yeah, they know what they're doing at Homegrown VA. I really like those guys. And that's in Richmond. And then the Sunday, the day after, we always head up to Virginia Beach and we're at Grow Depot. So every time we do a Virginia class, we do Homegrown VA on the Saturday and then Grow Depot on Sunday. And I like Grow Depot because they're veteran owned. They do a bunch of stuff for veterans. They do free seeds. Rise Rich hooked them up for free seeds for vets. Um, they do all sorts of promotions and discounts. And I just, I like the charity work and uh, they're vet oriented, like, you know, veterans. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I love free the seeds, growers. Free seeds for vets. I love that idea. I always mm-hmm. think that, you know, hey, if you're a vet, you should be getting as much free cannabis as you as you need. That's right. By Absolutely. all means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's any vets that are listening to this, uh, you can DM me and I'll hook you up with free membership, free seeds, what you need. Um, we always like to do that. And and yeah, I agree. It's uh, It's really important because um, it's a freedom that we deserve to have and protect. And right. it's also really, really helpful for the people who come home. So it's like literally a perfect match. Um, yep. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of the veteran advocacy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So but you're always doing so many good things, man, all over the place. You know, you, Growcaster's grown into this. It's turning into some kind of organization now where it's doing so many different things. It's cool yeah, to see a, the evolution of the podcast. Man. I appreciate yeah. it. I, I just have the members to thank and like they're, they're crushing it. The chapter leaders, the moderators, um, all my friends and team members like Wolfman and producer Jay and, and Mary Beth and, and everybody, uh, wow. Riza rich, of course, doing so much, but it's good, man. It's good. I, I, I like to work hard and I have some cool shit coming up. Like I said, some new content streams, some live streaming. Nice. Um, I'm just trying to keep it fresh and I don't know, man, we'll see what the future holds, but I'll never stop traveling and doing these classes to some degree i'm slowing down i was doing a lot of them i'm slowing Mm. down but uh i just can't get enough of meeting the fans and hearing their stories and them handing me strains that they've bred themselves or that they've been holding on to in their local environment and dry farming in, in the region for two generations and i just can't get enough of that shit so that's that's really what I what I get off on uh, is mm-hmm. meeting those people, hearing their stories, and that's how you help people the most. I can do the, I can do the podcasting thing and teach people how to grow. I can do the membership thing and walk them through their grow. But you really can't get to know these people until you're standing in front of them, smoking their weed or standing on their right. property, seeing their farm. That's what I like to do. So, nice. so yeah, I feel super honored. I was yeah. watching your uh, your Florida meeting you had there. You had a. a, a just right, one of your regular uh, growth sessions up there was it the uh, one you had recently, and I was curious on that one though because I know Florida pretty well, and I know how how uh, restrictive they are. I'm going like Jordan's going to actually go do this in, in Florida. I was surprised it went so well. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought, have, I thought um, the authorities would. I mean, come on, DeSantis is not the most liberal governor. Well, uh, it's it's interesting because what we teach applies to hemp. So yeah. anywhere where there's a hemp scene. Um, we teach hemp growers. So the the thing about Florida is we have hemp growers, um, Uh who, who can grow cannabis legally. What, what the last class was down there was actually a home gardening 101. Uh And we were teaching people how to grow vegetables at home and also hemp. Now, Florida also has a medical program. Yes. So for instance, this Saturday, we will be teaching a class 
and it is not a grow class because they don't have thc home grow right but it is a terpene class which we are allowed to teach about so you have to work within the the guidelines right but Mm -hmm. every single class that we teach is applicable to hemp and that is what we are essentially teaching when we say cannabis that's okay. what we mean. There is no difference between feeding a hemp plant that you're trying to produce maximal amounts of legal CBD right. uh, than there is feeding a THC plant that you're trying to produce maximal amounts of THC. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to keep it uh, applicable to everybody. And in mm-hmm. Florida, we're seeing good success with the cultivation stuff. And now we're trying out the more medicinal stuff, which is we have to educate these patients on how to select their medicine. A lot of people are walking in and saying, what's the highest THC percentage? (laughs) A lot of people are walking in and saying, I need a sativa or I need an indica. I think these are poor ways to select your medicine Mm -hmm. and learning about terpenes and cannabinoids and flavonoids and more is how to determine which medicine is going to be best for you before you buy it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. You know, it's a good, good, uh, good point there. I never thought about the, the hemp side of it. I, I guess maybe living this far deep South here. And I was thinking like, okay, the authorities here, you know, the old uh, Southern stereotype, you in a heap of trouble, boy. I could see the <laughs> sheriff coming up there at Jordan up there in, in uh, Florida. I would think like, do yeah, you have you a medical, there? you guys don't have a medical program though. Do you? Everything across the South now has a medical program. Georgia Florida, has a medical program. Uh, last I heard that they were working on one, I have, I'll double check that, but they, there was legislation in, in, in the Good process for you it. guys. I would so, love to go to Atlanta and teach a class. And there's absolutely no reason I can't teach this information, especially things like Pestapalooza. Um, they're just absolutely applicable to, like I said, when we say cannabis, that's what we mean. We're talking about the species that applies to the laws in your local area, because even at the federal level, hemp is legal. If, if cannabis to you means 0.3% THC because that's the only legalities you have, boom, we'll teach you how to grow that. And that's what we mean when we talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to assume you follow your local guidelines. Um, Well, um, (laughs) I'm double checking on the the Georgia thing now because I just remember reading relatively recently about uh, some bills going through Georgia to deal with medical cannabis. So I'm not saying that it's 100% now but I know that there's some stuff going on over there and that's what I'm looking at. Right. And that's why I got quiet. I'm sitting on my iPad going like, let's see where this is at right now. Cause I don't want to send the wrong information out there. You know what I mean? So by all means, yeah, don't take I mean, my word um, on it yet, but I do know that they're working on this. I have a lot of friends in Georgia, uh, I have I friends th- that used to, used to grow in Georgia. If you know what I mean? Uh, I thought tobacco, about some tobacco uh, farmers were famous for it back in the day. There would be a little small area in the tobacco field, a corner that they would, you know, that would be their cash crop, if you will. Hmm. And, uh, they started going across the fields with the, the FLIR and, and checking out the infrared colors and stuff in the fields to find them. So a lot of a lot of your tobacco farmers had to stop doing that. But that was their cash crop back in the day. You know, so the tobacco crazy. was subsidies were being paid by the government, but the cash crop was cannabis being farmed on the down low back in the day. And I knew a That's lot wild. of tobacco farmers that were doing that. A lot of them. I think there was uh, Atlanta decriminalized, right? Or it's just a ticket possession as a ticket in Atlanta or something like that. But I'd like to see a Georgia full, full rollout of medical cards. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. It's time to change it, man. It's all heading in the right direction. Okay? Seemingly anyway, Germany legalizing. That's, that's a good step. That's huge. I'm so yeah. excited for Germany, dude. That's absolutely amazing. 
we just mm -hmm. rescheduled and everybody's up in arms about it um did it actually happen did you go from schedule one to schedule three did it happen like, or was they just talking about it i think it's proposed i could right. be wrong about that uh again I'm, I'm excited to dig into this stuff and update myself on this stuff and research this stuff and then do more content about it mm -hmm. but uh, my understanding is that they were thinking about rescheduling it to a schedule three and people were saying this is going to be a huge step in the wrong direction and they're going to revoke home grow and it's in the same category as things like ketamine which has medicinal value, but is treated like this restrictive pharmaceutical that the big pharma is going to try to monopolize and all this stuff. And I think that's a pretty likely outcome. Like, I think when people are, are crying about that, I think they're doing that based on pretty good evidence mm. of, of the past. Um, but is it going to go that way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the cat's out of the bag. I just, I just can't see it going going back any other way like mm -hmm. there are so many people who just like you said used to do it anyways like i never needed yeah, yeah. federal government's per permission now if they mm -hmm. if they were to like change the culture for long enough those people would probably mostly go away but i don't know man this plant is just so easy to grow and it's so attached to humans and they're going to try to like they're going to try to like put it behind bars a little bit and like make you pay extra for it and like find creative ways to restrict it but it's just at the end of the day, if they do it too much, I'm going to grow it myself. I'm going to sell it myself. Mm -hmm. They make it too valuable. So I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, we do fine without their permission. You know, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel. They're rescheduling mm -hmm. it. And it's like the States don't listen to the fed right now. Anyways, is this going to make them listen? I'm not sure. I'm not a, enough of a political expert to say, you know, yes, the the states will capitulate, and here's why, or or maybe no. Why would they give up all that tax money just because they rescheduled mm -hmm. it? They weren't they weren't listening to their own federal government by having these laws. Um, that's that's really one of the things that uh, cannabis did was further fracture state and federal relationships with with mm -hmm. laws in general. The mm -hmm. state said, ah, "I don't like this law. I'm going to start an industry in my state." What's what stopped the <laughs> feds? What stopped the feds from sending in the military to Colorado to stop the illegal drug trade that was mm -hmm. occurring? At the, why? Why could they have just legalized cocaine and started exporting cocaine? No, the answer is no, and it's because everybody <laughs> knows. Everybody knows that this plant is harmless. This mm -hmm. cannabis plant is harmless. Right. If they would have sent in the military, they would have looked like fucking insane militaristic murderers for killing people over we all know that this plant does nothing and if the cocaine example happened they the citizens would be like where's the military we all right. live with these fucking fantasies that we all uphold with our collective beliefs but deep down we know uh, that this plant is harmless it's just mm -hmm. it's just i don't think you're going to rip that away no matter how many which ways you reschedule it or, or rename it well, think about this, though, with the rescheduling, if, if they move this from a schedule one to a schedule three, that basically means that doctors can now prescribe it and that the drug can now be uh, legally farmed on a national basis, which means pharmaceutical companies are now going to be jumping in into the fray here, trying to produce medical cannabis that would be prescribed by doctors. And so this would now be available and push some of some of the existing medical farmers out of out of business now because, you know, federal government would be in control of who gets the federal license to farm this stuff if it's rescheduled. So this has a, a in my I see a big fear in my mind now. Maybe I'm just being a little bit overcautious or just a, a little bit scared here. But if it's if it's moved to a schedule three, 
the government could turn around and give the biggest corporation around here, like let's say Canopy or Aurora, whoever, you know, Tilray could come in here, whatever. Somebody is, is growing this stuff on a mega a huge medical scale, and it's going to kill, not kill, but hurt a lot of growers around the country if this happens. So yes, I mean, that's biggest fear right there is that one. I totally agree. So here's the question. Um, is that a possibility? Yes. Like I said, that's even a likely possibility. Like if you base, if you, if you look at how the federal government operates generally, what are they most likely to do? They're most likely to come in, over-regulate, they're going to come in and do what they've what's already kind of been happening, which is narrow it down to like the few biggest corporate entity entities that they can like work with and put pressure on and basically have some form of power over. Right. And, right? and get campaign donations and all the other all the bullshit all that, the goes bullshit that with comes it. with it. Exactly. The same thing, the, the relationship that the federal government and, and the different branches of, of the federal government have with the big tech corporations. Yes. Which control so much is going to be the exact same thing. That's very, very likely. Now, here's the question. Um, what's the alternative? Would they have done it otherwise? I think this outcome is inevitable. I think that there's going to be a fight between the people who don't want this shit and the federal government who's going to try to implement it one which way or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that the people generally just let these types of regulations kind of wash over them. Shit's been historically over the past few decades and, and beyond uh, been becoming more and more restrictive. So that leaves me to my question, which is like, okay, so what can I do? Obviously, that fight is going to occur, that political fight, like it's important mm -hmm. to vote. It's important to vote in the people who you who, who want to, you know, deal with the issues that you want to deal with. Get out there and vote. Right. That's one way to do it. Uh, but for me personally, I think that I don't I'm not a politician. I'm not going to dedicate my life to this. I don't have a huge uh, a huge scope to my impact. I want to narrow in on one thing. Can we protect home grow rights? If all this shit just goes down and all the craziness and it's getting rescheduled and companies are, can we protect home grow rights? Can we please just allow this loophole law that says, yeah, we have this big regulated crazy system, but it is still a plant and you have a right to grow three plants at home, five plants at home. I want more, but can right. we just cling on to this right? to grow our own at home. I think it's the most important thing. And more importantly, I think it's actually attainable. I think that if you, if, if someone like me and other people who are interested in, in protecting cannabis rights do laser focus on this one issue, we might be able to be more successful by just saying, can we just keep this one thing? That's, that's my opinion. I do think we need the politicians out there. I think we need people advocating for all the other stuff, veterans to have access to this shit, uh, people with CDLs not to be tested and lose their job over a fucking piss test. These are all important things. Expen expungement for prisoners. These are all really, really important things that we all need to be working on. But personally, I believe that I could make the own most impact myself by focusing on home grow rights, protecting those laws and encouraging people to take advantage of those laws once they're in place. It's my mm -hmm. whole mission. Yeah, man. And that's what we're saying as well. More home growth, you know. And it's one of the most important aspects. Otherwise, you're just forcing people to go and buy cannabis from the fucking companies, man. And you can't do that. People should have the right like, to just grow a few plants. It's ridiculous. Yep. yep. And uh, I, I just really think it's important to fight for those laws because they're going mm -hmm. to see that as a threat and they're going to come after them. There's a weird war on gardening in general. And uh, I don't know, man. It really rubs me the wrong way. It's, it's really what I want to dedicate my, my content and, and my career to, which is like, we need to grow more. It's the idea of overgrow. I've said it before, but it's like, if everybody who wanted to grow did grow, we would have enough food and medicine for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. You, you ask the average person, like, do you want to garden at home? Fuck yeah. The, my, my peers all would like to have a garden. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that are in apartments would love an arrow garden, but uh, they're just kind of intimidated or they think that it's going to cost too much money or they think that it's going to be too much time. And if you just educate them, there's definitely some way that you can incorporate, and gar- incorporate garden into your life no matter what. And so again, if everybody who wanted to grow did grow, we'd all have enough fresh food and enough fresh cannabis and fresh plant medicines for everybody. It's true. Yep. Yep. That's it, man. And there's plenty of information out there nowadays to do it. And so it's never been easier to learn how to grow your own cannabis. There's so many resources out there. Everybody who is is physically capable of doing it should be doing it. There's always a way, man. Even if you think you don't have space, you can find space. It's true. Um, I got to hop off in just a minute, but on that note, I'm trying out earth boxes for the first time. Do you guys know what earth boxes are? Are they small tents? No. Earth boxes. Is this from uh, Builder Soil? Builder Soil uh, did a whole video on earth boxes. Earth boxes okay. are, they're SIPs, sub irrigated planter systems. Yeah. Okay. So, so the water is underneath the soil. Okay. In the, in the box. It's like a, right. imagine a rectangle box and there's a plastic shelf that the soil sits on and beneath Mm -hmm. that shelf is water. You fill that water by pouring it in a tube and the water wicks up into the soil and the roots make it down there and end up drinking from that water um, so that you never have to top water. And you also never over or underwater. All you do is fill this tube and it's irrigated from beneath, sub-irrigated mm. planter system. Yeah, SIPs systems. The most popular brand name is the one I'm using now. It's called the Earthbox, although you can right. make your own and all sorts of shit. And uh, I was just wondering if you if you had heard of it, because it's, it's really, uh, it's one of those things I'd sell to somebody who's like, I don't have time. I don't know how to grow a plant. Get an earth box and some good soil. Pour water down this tube. Boom, done. It's like really, really nice. My plants are praying. Yeah, nice. how, long, how long does the water last? Like you can fill it up and it lasts for how long? Uh, once you're like deep in flower and the roots have kind of taken over and it's drinking a lot, it's mm-hmm. going to be every couple of days, like every three or four days, probably depending on how big your plants mm-hmm. are. But in the mm-hmm. stage they're in right now, I just transplanted them. Like I'm not going to need water for seven, 10 days plus. Like you can just walk away. Yeah. So, so easy. like yeah. refill it a couple times in veg. You, you hand water initially. So then the roots make it down and then you just mm-hmm. keep the bottom full and it just wicks up. It's really, really cool, man. Earth boxes or SIP systems. Um, I highly recommend it, especially nice. for people who are, who are busy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a couple of growers at Percy's that are running those right now. Yeah, they look really nice. Plants really seem to like them. Exactly. I think it's yeah, just like easy mode growing. And I'm going to well, add, add some secret sauce. So yeah. easy mode nice. growing. I may have to look that, look that up. I like easy mode growing. We've got some trips mm. planned coming up. So maybe that might, might be an option. Hell yeah, brother. We got a whole uh, grow guide coming out like that. So, so stay Sweet. tuned. I'm all, all about right. these. Oh, yeah, man. Sweet, man. Um, so and we're going to be joining you on Saturday as well over at the Ask Me Anything Hey, session. that's right, man. For the members, every other Saturday we go live. I'm going to be in Florida with Flower Farm preparing for the terpene class. Nice. And uh, that terpene class is also hosted at Battle Buds. Battle Buds is a hemp dispensary out there, and uh, they are veteran-owned as well. So it's really cool what we got going on, and you'll be able to see. I think we'll be at Battle Buds. We might be at Flower Farm's place, but... <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll be able to see Battle Buds and um, that Florida class is in a couple of days. And we'll see you guys live for the Ask Me Anything for members. Yes. I see.
Yeah, yeah it's gonna be gotta, fun. Gotta man. do the AMA, man. We like to go deep. We have guests on sometimes, and uh, with you guys, we like to we like to wrap and catch up with you and stuff. But the focus is answering grow questions, um, really, really in depth one on one stuff. You can call in, post pictures in the Discord, whatever it is, and and we just really dig in and answer growers' questions, get them growing well. So, so thanks nice. for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, man. Always you. pleasure, Always. mate. We love Definitely. to chat some shit. We, uh, a lot was covered there from movies to growing advice to podcast advice. Loads of good shit, man. Good content as always, Jordan. Legend. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, you guys. Yeah. So Always come check fun. out Growcast. If uh, this is your first time seeing me, come subscribe and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you again for having mm-hmm. me. Always a pleasure, Jordan. Always welcome yeah, back, man. Mm-hmm. You guys so we'll catch you on Saturday, mate. You have a good week. Stay high. See you in a couple days. Yeah. See you Saturday, man. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's interview. You can find out more about Jordan and Growcast if you just head over to Google and search for Growcast, or you can head over to his website, which is growcastpodcast.com. You can, of course, find it on all the major social networks. That's Facebook, Twitter, slash X, uh, and Instagram. So if you want to find out more about Growcast, you can just head to those places. So it's a real good podcast. been going for a very, very long time. And Jordan is an awesome host. And he's a good friend of the show. So, you know, if you haven't checked out Growcast before, go and check it out, man. You will enjoy it. But as usual, thank you for being here. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to catch you on the next one, which is Friday for the Grow Guides, where we talk about different ways you can learn from your mistakes of your previous grows. So have a good week. Stay high and stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.